This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly coaching moments episode with Ryan D'April. Now, if you're not familiar with Ryan, or if you're just new to the show, Ryan comes on every single month to give our listeners and viewers a coaching moment and a coaching session. So let me tell you about Ryan. Ryan D'April is a progressive thought leader focused on providing for all of his agents and staff at D'April Properties and Midwest Lending. His strengths are his motivational skills, his coaching style, and his dedication to training. He has 14 offices throughout the Chicagoland area, and he's also in Wisconsin, Indiana, and Michigan with hundreds upon hundreds of top producers. Uh, D'April Properties is a coaching company with eight strategic coaches who work week in and week out with every agent individually focused on business planning, coaching, and accountability. If you'd like to take your career to the next level, or if you're just not getting the attention you need, check out D'April Properties. Visit dapralproperties.com. That's D-A-P-R-I-L-E, properties.com. Welcome once again, Ryan. Hey, thanks, DJ. Appreciate you having us. And well, we I love- brought the wonderful and beautiful Erin Stoyakovich. Hello. Uh, nice to meet you, DJ. Nice to meet you, Erin. And for, for those um, who are, are listening instead of watching, Erin, uh, uh, tell, us, tell us about yourself. You're on the lending side. I am correct? on the lending side. So I am entering my 20th year of mortgage lending. Oh my gosh. I backwards into it. My husband is um, vice president of hospitality and and strategic management at the United Center. And um, back in 99, 2000, I was catering sales manager there with him. Both of us were working some long, arduous hours. And uh, he drew the short straw. I got to go become a loan officer. He stayed working the, the crazy hours um, and you know, fell backwards. I really was looking for a career that would allow us to have a family and me be present for the, you know, raising children, um, but also make, you know, real money. Yeah. Yeah, so ro- roaming around the United Center, uh, both husband yeah. and wife probably isn't ideal for uh, for for raising family. And I, no. my bro- my brother in law, his father was the concessions manager at Madison Square Garden for like forty years, yeah. and so he basically lived, uh, you know, lived and, and died there. Um, yeah. So I, I could appreciate that. So so lending has given you uh, obviously a great career, twenty years. Congratulations. And obviously this last year, I imagine, has been one of your more busy years would be my guess. It has. It actually is um, probably my capstone year in that sense. Uh, definitely my one of my highest years of production. And um, just a really exciting time. I've been with Midwest Lending, which is a sister company to DFO Properties since 2014. And it's just been so much fun to see these realtors um, come into their own and really blossoming and, and growing. We kind of all work side by side. And as loan officers in this company, we've, we're part of the coaching system. We're part of the accountability system. And we're, we're truly partners and coworkers with the realtors. 
And um, it's just been really gratifying to see so much success for my friends that have come into the business to join us. It's been wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the reasons why I uh, asked Aaron to come on uh, the podcast with us today is that um, a, uh, a real estate agent or a loan officer's uh, skill set on daily routines are almost identical. They obviously partner with each other. We'll talk about the nuances of that as well. But you know, again, Erin and I met in 2014 and she's raised amongst the ranks and, and she was just in uh, Kabul with us last week uh, with the 70 other top producing real estate agents celebrating and loan officers celebrating uh, 2020 and what a great year it was. Um, but you know, as uh, Aaron said, you know, we um, are a culture full of accountability and structure, which is, I think, the number one tool an agent needs to uh, be successful in the business. Um, the D word distraction is what takes us off. And the distraction is primarily our own business. Um, but, you know, we really partner and work with each other. We're going to touch on a whole mm -hmm. bunch of different things about the business. One of the things I may ask Aaron and what we might talk about as well as the emotional intelligence required. Uh, the more you become a top producer, uh, the more emotional intelligence that's required of yeah. you. Yeah, especially um, in the market we've been seeing. You know, yeah. there's a lot of situations that um, it's really important to have a lending partner that understands how you work. Um, I have realtors who basically say, only call me if there's bad news. And I have ones who want me to text them every time I get an email. You know, it's, it's a different level of... Um, scalability from what they want from you as far as communication and with your clients, all the clients are different. And it's really nice to have somebody that you're working with who has knows your work style and also knows how to help you be successful within your own um, skill set. So we do a lot of that. Yeah. DJ, one of the things that Aaron taught me back in 2014, which I've incorporated into my coaching, and it was really eye-opening in 2014, I had been an agent uh, approaching uh, 10 years in the business. And she taught me about incubation in the lead generation process. And uh, it was eye-opening. Yeah. And so um, I'll summarize it, but I'm going to give you credit mm -hmm. uh, for teaching me on this. <laughs> um, and it's really important for real estate agents to understand this. And again, the purpose of every and any podcast that we do together, DJ, since you've asked me to come on here is, what information can I relay on to your audience and help them grow in their business and see it in a new light, right? Um, so let's just talk about the consumer. Let's talk about the human uh, nature. Um, we make all our decisions, at least 95% of our decisions based on emotions and not logic. And so if you break it down to our, our industry and what we're in, I'll prove it to you. If we were logical, Okay, if we were logical, we would first go to a mortgage lender and we'd get qualified and we'd find out what we can afford, what we can afford and what we could do. And then we move on to a real estate agent. I uh, have been coaching now for close to 20 years. No, excuse me, coaching now for close to 10 years, been in the industry for 20 years, have grown four significantly sizable organizations in the real estate industry. And I've been teaching this since she taught this to me in 2014. And I recently went and looked at a home and I looked at the home before I got qualified. And it's because I, you can't change the strike of a tiger. Even myself, who tells everybody this, it's like, 
I went and fell in love and now I'm running around and getting qualified. And it's just how it is. So how do you use that in your business? Well, as a real estate agent, you have to understand that's a huge advantage that you have. It's a gigantic advantage that the consumer shops with their hearts. And the fact is that they're going to come to you first. And as coaching, as coaching uh, an agent of ours, uh, actually, I was coaching an agent uh, this morning. It wasn't an agent of ours, uh, an agent that was brought to me and said, can, can you coach? I said, absolutely. And she was on what was our dashboard. And I asked her about her pool of business and where it looks from. And when I mean pool, like lead sources. And like, like this stool I'm sitting on, well, it's modern, but your, traditionally be a four-legged stool. I said, your business should have either three or four legs. Um, the first one should be your network. And then the other should be maybe a farm, maybe purchase web leads, maybe open houses, so on and so forth. And so I said, let's not talk about the network. Let's talk about your other sources. And we went and looked at her purchase web leads and we went and looked at her open houses and it categorized in what is called a prospect capsule. And it was interesting to see the time and effort that she had put into open houses hmm. with the no follow-up, right? you know, the two months, the one month. And I said, you're going through the motions and you're just wasting your two hours because the truth is, is purchasing a home is probably an 18 month time period. Yeah. You know, I don't know if oh, there's yeah. a number, but it's about 18 months to say. Education process too. And some people do it much more quickly, but. Some, but you start thinking, I want to buy a home. You work on your, you know, you work with your heart and your emotions and you yeah. start visiting open houses. It's a great yeah. lead source for yep. real estate agents out there. But in terms of generating revenue for ourselves is there's an incubation process to that. And as a real estate agent, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to running your business. There's a right way to be in the live flow with your network. There's a right way to farming. There's a right way to open houses. There's a right way to purchase web leads. And really having a partner in the lending business is an incredibly strong tool in terms of lead conversion. Yeah, I would agree with that. I feel like one of the, the partnership um, benefits is, you know, once I meet the client or referral, um, or a person at an open house with you, it's so much easier to have that, that synergy and the energy in the relationship. I'm making them my friend. This is my other friend. We're all going to be buddies working together to accomplish your dream of home ownership. Um, I always tell them that the realtor sells the dream. I sell the reality yeah. because I'm, I'm the price tag essentially, but, um, you know, it's, it's really a lot of fun and we, we, we really want to form a relationship of trust and yeah. excitement. And, and um, that's, you know, when you speak to the emotional intelligence, we're helping them through those stressful moments and some of the anxiety inducing aspects of purchasing a home, but also celebrating the wins and getting excited for mm -hmm. them and helping them envision what this is going to really look like in their life. And um, it's easier for them to incubate a lead when you have a partner, because I'm able to, you know, get their income information, go through the hard conversation of credit and some things that people don't usually want to go through more than once, going through self-employed documentation and things like that. And then I'm constantly bouncing them back to my realtor partner yeah. and making sure that we are in tandem and working together. And that, you know, honestly, they say that um, a client can meet as many as 17 realtors throughout a transaction. That's true. They're in and out of open houses all the time. But I'm going to try and have that one conversation, that one tough conversation, and then keep them for my partner. 
and make sure that I'm constantly redirecting them back to you so that we can work together and build our partnership and our relationship as well, transaction by transaction. Right. So in you know, when I need a lead and I work with my my partner, my lending partner, I know that, look, it's going to take 12 to 18 months. And what I have to do is I have to follow up that lead every two to four weeks, right? Yep. Two weeks, it might be four weeks. But I know there's going to be that radio silent period. That radio silent period is where the loan officers incubate. Right. And then I have a partner to speak with. Like, have they communicated? Has there been proof of light? Right. Where are we at? How's it going? Right. Of course, they're not going to share any personal confidential information, no. but it's like, nope, they're interested. We're chatting. Uh, but right now, you're not going to hear from them because right now they're applying logic to the process. Or sure. pivot. Sometimes they move on to, you know, a different, they're interested in a different town and, and well, do I need to work with someone else? I try to make sure that no matter where they're spinning, that they're always spinning back in the direction of my partner. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. It's, it's, I have spoken in a coach, obviously, uh, hundreds, if not thousands of real estate agents. And you come across conversations and a lot of agents say to a loan officer, well, you give me a lead and I'll give you a lead. Mm. And I tell the agent, you're looking at it the wrong way because they're, you are the magnet. They're going to come to you, but you just want to bouncing off to you. The incubator, it's how do you work it right? A loan officer might have one referral to a year mm. max. You're, you're not working, you're not using that tool properly. Yeah. It's, it's really, um, it's a long-term partnership. Uh, it's a friendship. And, and the benefit extends throughout the transaction. Oh you know, gosh. when things, you know, as sometimes you may or may not know, they can go sideways a little bit sometimes in real estate lending, maybe an appraisal doesn't come in where you want it. Um, my first call is to my partner and I make sure whatever I'm doing, I'm going to make them look like a hero and informed and knowledgeable and make sure that the client understands that this team has them taken care of. So we make a plan first, we talk, and we make sure that we are on the same page to protect our, our client and make sure that we're looking out for their best interests in tandem. Um, one, of the, one of the questions I had, I just wanted to go back to something you guys had both said and wanted to just as a tip for our, our listeners and viewers, which was about the loan officer, Aaron, uh, you showing up at open houses and being there to, to greet the uh, participants, um, the people that walk in, the buyers. Uh, how helpful is that to you know, secure the business when there's not only the realtor there, but their loan officer partner. Um, I suspect that's something that most realtors do not bring with them to an open house. And I just would love to hear your thoughts on 20 years in the business of how helpful that is, uh, you know, to secure it. Oh, you're back. Everything sounds great now. We're perfect. <laughs> All right. No worries. So I think we were talking about um, how a, a loan officer can help you through the transaction and, and work in tandem with you to, to benefit the process. We're about open houses. Being in open, open houses. houses. Yep. Yeah. Remember to call your question. Oh yeah. So I was answering. Um, it, it helps secure the business, but also it's really good for the sellers to have extra eyes in the house. Um, it's more fun for the realtor to have a partner there, you know, for socialization and for camaraderie. Security. Uh, makes for security for sure. And. Um, Honestly, when a client comes in, it makes conversation a little more yeah. fluid. Um, it just makes, it kind of improves the whole overall situation. I don't go to every open house expecting that I'm going to get 
necessarily a contract that day. I go to support my realtor partner. That's my, that's my goal. I'm there to help keep the house secure, to help have a good time and make sure everybody's yeah, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, for the yellow or excuse me, for the real estate agent, you know, to keep in mind, again, going to these open houses, um, and that's just one of many lease sources where I partner with my loan officer. Um, the key to is, is, are you going about it the correct way? And for a real estate agent, it's repetition, it's day in and day out, and mm-hmm. it's follow-up. And it's a good 12 to 18 month follow-up. I yeah. mean, whether I meet somebody to purchase web lead, if I meet somebody from, uh, uh, from my network or somebody's referred from my network and i'm talking about buyers here i almost said farm but that's typically listing so i didn't say farm uh, i really like to partner them with uh them and then you know a lot of our coaching and training is about your growth in this business and you know a lot of people once they start experiencing success tend to self-destruct yeah and um it's really good to surround yourself with like-minded individuals that ha- can help you uh, not do that and what i mean by self-destruct well you know, real estate agents and loan officers make a lot of money and, and they do that if they're doing the right activities in terms of lead generation, they make a lot of money. The money is earned. The money is, uh, is well earned. And the reason the money is earned is because there's such raw emotions in a real estate transaction. Yeah. You're a therapist. You're a therapist. And as a real estate agent, and even more so as a loan officer, there's no getting away from the turbulence of mortgage lending. Yeah. or the real estate transaction. And so it is us and our number one priority after a property is under contract is to kind of keep our composure. And what I like our lenders to do is keep us involved in the transaction and what's going on. And as a real estate agent, say our clients going to be yelling, uh, attorneys going to be yelling, I've been doing it for 20 years. So a lot of hands in the pot. It's a lot of hands in the pot, a lot of things. And a lot of personalities. A lot of personalities, but this is why we get paid the income that we get paid. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's composing ourselves and, and not self-destructing and let that take us off of our daily routine because yeah. you life flow consistently, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a very important part of your business, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Staying in touch with all my clients and referral partners. And it's and- very easy to say, I don't want another loan or a real estate transaction because the emotions are so raw and so loud. But, you know, if it walks like a duck and sounds like a duck, right? It's yeah. probably a duck. That's mortgage lending. Yeah. And that's real estate. Yeah. But it's really, you know, when you have a team, when you are working consistently with a realtor or and an attorney and a title company that all work in tandem and know how each other works and knows the role, you can really lock arms and make it a lot less tumultuous and mm-hmm. turbulent for the client. Yeah. There, it takes a lot of the guessing games and the wondering of communication and um, who's doing what and are things covered. Everybody's got their role and their job yeah. and it can run like a well-oiled machine. Let, let's talk, I would like to ask about uh, emotional regulation in today's market. So really helping the, the, the client, and we'll talk about buyers because I think that's most relevant to what we're discussing today and how, of course, rates are, are very low, uh, historic lows. And so people can afford more. Uh, money is cheap right now, which, which is great for buyers, but also we're having an inventory shortage, right? So there's, there's you know, properties go on the market and then are immediately, uh, sometimes sight unseen, you know, offers are pouring in. So buyers really have to have some whether it's their loan officer, their realtor, or ideally both, helping manage their emotions as they fall in love with the property, get out bid. Maybe they, there's a cash offer that supersedes their their financing offer. Um, 
what what should loan officers and realtors be doing to manage expectations and emotional uh, you know um, expectations of the buyer right now who may be going through multiple properties, getting outbid, losing deals? Um, yeah. You know, what are some some strategies there to keep the client sane and happy during you know it's it's turbulent right now. It's tough for buyers. I, it's honestly, it's um, I've seen some agents getting really creative on how they're going to manage the emotions and help keep their buyers locked in and, and uh, spirits up because, you know, depending on the scenario, there's a lot of, you know, multiple offer situations that might not go your way. Um, they're really going the extra mile to try and make their client stand out mm-hmm. and um, advocate right. for their client. Mm-hmm. And um, also I'm, I'm involved much more on the front end. I feel like at this point, I'm talking to a lot more listing agents you know, upfront to make sure that they know how qualified my buyers are and, and what's going on with my, you know, rock solid client um, and, yeah. and helping to try and uh, bridge that gap in communication and make your clients stand out in a different way. Yeah. And, and I'll go over uh, two, two, two uh, exercises that yeah, I've seen from buyers that works out well. And, and the first one, I'll circle back to the emotions. Um, I've seen some practice and I actually just put in practice for myself um, on a property that we're uh, purchasing. Um, multiple bid uh, situation, and I was the only one to write a personal letter to the buyer. Oh, really? Excuse me, seller. Yeah, I wrote a letter about why I wanted the home, and I was just thoughtful in it and put it in. And the listing agent said that's that's one of the reasons why I was selected um, as a winning offer. So that's one thing, and it's, it's going to the emotions because you know my home is part of my family. Sure. And so if I'm selling it, that's going to be you know, a part of the equation. So that's one. I think another one is, and this is again, for all the professionals in our industry, lenders, agents, attorneys is, and this is a practice that is not, I I believe um, practiced enough is um, to uh, under promise and over deliver. Yeah. Everybody's over promising. And at the end of the day, the deal is going to get done, right? but we need to learn how to manage the expectations. And um, so I think transparency, um, like when I work with a buyer or a seller, you know, I always use words, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. This is what we do, you know, and then when we get under contract said, all right, this it's gonna, gonna be hard, gonna be <laughs> okay. but we're gonna get through it together. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I really think, you know, taking the model and like, this is a lifelong practice of self-improvement. Like, I don't have to figure it out. You got to figure it out? No. Are you learning every Every transaction day? is different. Right. Every client is different. Right. And, you know, so the, the key to all of us is let's not self-destruct and, 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 and curse out the industry and the business. It, it is what it is, but there is a payoff for the price of us paying the emotional turbulence that we deal with in the industry. There is definitely a payoff. Um, but let's continually improve on our skill set. And again, the one thing I try to tell everybody is during the transaction, after a certain point when it's under contract, start under promising and over delivering and over communicating. Yeah. Um, and then don't be afraid of your client after the transaction if it didn't go smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have seen many grown adults, professionals, top titans of industries act like children during a transaction. And uh, 30 days later, give a referral because I stayed in touch with them. Yeah. It's one of the things that it's, it's heartbreaking to see 
real estate agents and loan officers shut down after a transaction where the client yelled at them a handful of times. And quite honestly, the client's going to yell at you regardless because the client has a certain ability to handle the emotions and they might not be the best at it. You're the target. It sucks. You're making a great living from it. But quite honestly, they've forgotten about it. 60 days. They don't feel the sting and the personal, how personal you're taking it when they're being curt and rude to you. Yeah. But so many people self-destruct and go into a ball. What are you doing? Ask them how it was two days later. How's the house? How's the kitchen? Can I come over and see it? Oh, I just saw, I heard you said you're going to do this in the kitchen. Did you do it 30 days later? I'd love to come over and see it. And you know what they're saying? Come on over. Yeah. And, 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 and since we're speaking with a loan officer, so we're talking more on the buy side transaction, you know, folks, every buyer should refer you at least four transactions a year. And if they're not, you're not doing the proper follow-up. However, I understand because it's so turbulent, the transaction, especially now yeah. where your buyer might write seven office offers and, and now you're the scapegoat. And they're, you know, putting these offers on a silver platter. It's they, I mean, they really can't even believe some of these offers that aren't getting necessarily accepted. Mm-hmm. And it can be heartbreaking. Or, or the poor agent who has the first buyer that's out and they want to yeah. write an offer in at 10%, 90% of asking price. Yeah. We're like, oh, there's three mm-hmm. others and I know they're going over, but they're not going to listen to you. Yeah. Okay. That's a part of the transaction. Yeah. Let them go. Let them lose the transaction. Let them get upset with you but it's all education process. You're the teacher. You gotta be there through thick and thin. Yeah. You know. It- well, and, and as a loan officer, it's my job to help you with your emotions, right? So yes. the loan officers, I mean, we've got some, you know, you've got seasoned agents who have done hundreds and thousands of transactions and you've got newer agents who are kind of just, you know, entering the business and maybe, you know, working for the first time through this, the stress and the um, anxiety that some of this business can, bring upon you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like my job is to be the, you know, the mortgage mom, I'm the the leader, I'm taking care of them and helping them. And if, if they're not sure the direction they're supposed to go or or anything like that, we really try to help manage their emotions and keep their stress and let them understand, you know, that this is normal. And, you know, the business takes a thick skin, and you'll get over it. And once you go through a few of the transactions like that, really, they get a better understanding. Um, I'm going to pivot off that for a second. Is that okay, DJ? Yeah, sure. And I'm going to talk to uh, probably uh, what should be 80% of our jobs as loan officers and agents, and I coach on this, is continuing lead generation. And I want to ask Aaron about this, is I tell real estate agents and loan officers as I coach both, is it important to be a part of your community? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I would say that, you know, for me, it's one of the benefits of the job because it's something I just kind of naturally enjoy. Um, you know, leadership roles and being involved in, in uh, coaching and that kind of stuff with kids and whatnot. Um, I have three kids. I'm on the board for Parkridge Baseball and I'm always involved in, in the schools and in my kids' sports and things like that. And uh, I don't consider that part of the job. It's, it's, for me, it's a benefit because I enjoy it so much, but it really is part of your network and part of um, building your brand yeah. is taking an active role in the community and you know, contributing, really yeah. giving back to the people who you're asking for business every day. Yeah. I mean, it, it, real estate's hyper local. Okay? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a hyper local industry. Now, Erin's a loan officer and she lends in, in Florida and Indiana, Wisconsin and, and all over. But 
you know, you, you're going to have your nest egg of business and it's going to be local. And, you know, I'm even actually starting to coach uh, real estate attorneys. And, and it's hmm. very interesting that the practices and the philosophies are identical. It's hyper-local. Your network is your net worth. Mm -hmm. um, and you need to be a part of the community because people are buying community, they're not buying a house. Right. Of course they're buying a house, right? right. But they're buying the community. Where they're going to walk the dog, where they're going to get coffee, where the kids are going to go to school, you know, what, what clubs, what boutiques, so on and so forth. And everybody is an ambassador in the real estate transaction to the community. You can yeah. be a real estate attorney, you can be the lender, you can be the real estate agent, you can be the home inspector, but we're all an ambassador um, yeah. in, in coaching attorneys. Just a little sidebar. Yeah. Attorneys are sent to school to learn how to fight. Right. <laughs> sure. Hold on a second. We're a <laughs> transaction here. And us real estate agents and loan officers, we want the deals to go. So it's interesting coaching the attorneys. I could see that 100%. Yep. Definitely. So I got my work built out from the emotional intelligence side of the yeah. transaction there. Well, we, I, I want to go back to the community uh, idea and, and really participating and being involved, whether it's through volunteer efforts or, uh, you know, other, other means of being uh, visible in your community. And I want to just, just uh, on the, on the sort of volunteering side, I want to just really quickly talk about how important that is. And obviously we would never encourage somebody to participate in volunteer efforts if that wasn't something they actually were passionate about or excited to do. I think people can typically see through, um, you know, shallow, you know, shallow sort of experiences um, where people are, are participating in, in community events simply to be seen and to possibly further their own business. But when people are doing it authentically, um, even if you know, as, as anyone who is, is listening or watching right now, whenever we witness one of our friends getting involved in an organization or a local community, uh, you know, charity or nonprofit, um, it, it's very impressive to us, right? We, despite the fact that, that, you know, we all are trying to, to, to be more uh, charitable and, and be more philanthropic. The reality is most of us probably feel we could do more. And so whenever we witness somebody doing that, it's very impressive. And, and it's something that is, is, a, is highly valued in our society. And so it's a nice side benefit in helping all of your, uh, your community in different you know, organizations by actually just being seen as somebody who, now that's not the reason to do it, but being seen as somebody who's charitable is, is a huge high value thing. And it probably can't be overstated. It is something that, that absolutely will help your bottom line over time, even though that's not, again, the reason to get involved. Yeah. I think we're really beneficial. I don't know if Ryan um, knows how influential uh, his strategic location of how he's designed the company would work out. But um, we're really strong in a lot of luxury markets around Chicagoland, um, like Geneva, Hinsdale, some really beautiful areas and affluent areas where you find the generosity of the community is off the charts. And we're blessed to have a lot of those culture-driven um, leaders and on, you know, many women, such as myself, who are um, really interested in giving back to the community in, in ways that are um, really, really rewarding to those around them. Mm -hmm. um, there's a strong contribution that can be made to these different areas. And I really feel like you see a lot of our agents <clears throat> and, and other people establishing their brand, but also doing it in such a, you know, 
philanthropic and um, altruistic way for, for the others around them. Yeah. It's really a lot of the, the strong leaders um, in those areas. I've just really touched my heart. And, and that should, should really be part of your, you know, maybe it's not a daily discipline, but it should be part of every agent's overall business plan. And again, not specifically doing it for business, but having organizations that are local, that, uh, that you can participate in will ultimately help visibility. You will just, you will literally get more business as a result of it. So it's a win-win because you get to feel yeah. good about yourself because you're participating and contributing and other people are going to see you do that and want to work with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's an obligation that we have. And, and, yeah. and I, so, you know, when I say community, a community can mean many different things. And I really want our listeners to just to dial into what I'm about to say here is you can have a geographical community, right? But you could also have a shared interest community, pediatric cancer. Mm -hmm. You could have um, a cultural community. Um, I was born in Poland and grew up there till you know, fifth grade or freshman year of high school and I'm here, my family's from Poland and I have a Polish community, right? <clears throat> so there's so many different communities. And, and, and one of the things, if we want to thrive in life, right, not just in our business, is what is your community? And you can have multiple communities, right? I have my geographical community. Another community is my child's grade school, you know, K through seven. It's community. It's going to be my community for the next eight years, K through seven, eight years, right? Yeah. Um, probably K through six, but you get my point, yeah. right? And I, I implore all of the listeners here to say, like, am I really involved in my community or communities, should it be, right? Am I involved in my community of the town I live in? Am I involved in my child's community? Am I involved in a shared interest community? And that's your business. That is what we do to create business. And then the rest is- Right, and, and naturally and organically, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm attracted to the doers. Um, the people around me who are problem solvers or are making things happen, creative, um, the people who, who really are not afraid to stand out in a crowd when it comes to being um, idea centers or being uh, thought leaders for the process uh, of making the community better or problem solving things or you know helping. And we've had a really um, interesting year even with the kids being home you know, in, in 2020 and COVID and all these things. And uh, it's, I'm really attracted to people that are thought leaders that way and the doers and the givers. And so I, I imagine in business, that's reciprocal. You know, you're still having that same kind of attraction to people who, who are givers and doers and thought leaders. It's that kind of leadership that helps um, really yeah. uh, brand your business and, and yeah. helps brand the business of those around you. And it gives you a platform to create relationships. Right. You know, it just gives you a platform to expand your network or to deepen your relationships with people in your network, mm -hmm. which again is at the forefront of what right. we do. Here. You've met many of the um, leaders within our company at charity events and at um, necessities. is being part of the board of Pediatric Cancer Foundation, which is going back almost ten years. Right, and uh, and you know, and things happen, and life comes up, and you know, it's you know, I got these three girls, we got everything else, and. We have the, the bear walk on, on Lakeshore Drive. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for this. Right? I got so much going on. But we go and it's like, oh my God, my daughters, we loved it. My right. friends, we walked, you know, it was an incredible event. You feel so good about yourself. And it's like, right. 
I don't know. It's just, you gotta keep, you gotta keep going. You gotta keep moving forward. And it's like getting up. You gotta get your feet on the floor every morning and, and just push yourself. Um, I'm going to circle back to the, to the individuals coaching today and, and saying, Hey, you know, this person that you met open house, have you friended them on Facebook? It's like, Oh my gosh, so much out of my comfort zone. I said, you're going to have to learn to get out of your comfort zone. There's nothing wrong with it. You met a person, you guys have a great dialogue each yeah. between each other. She's on Facebook, send her a friend request. Yeah. You know, it's a part of it. It's like five in the morning. Oh, I'm exhausted. Just yeah. get one foot on the ground. Yeah, so so being in the business as long as I have, I was, I mean, we were pre-social media. So it's yeah. interesting to me when people have a comfort zone when it comes to that kind of stuff, because it's such a gift that um, the ability to connect with others, you know, over social media and digitally and getting to know people in a different way and see their lives. I mean, I feel like in my business, it's such a gift for me to help um, just develop and deepen the relationships of the people that I, I already care about and I want to see, but it's easy to lose track of in life and, yeah. you know, not making it too much of a distraction, but we're just, I mean, it's so nice to have these opportunities for um, building relationships and developing with others, you know, in such a, you know, uh, such an easier platform. I love it. And, it. and it doesn't mean giving up your own personal uh, privacy necessarily, right? Because yeah. That might be a lot of people thinking, gosh, I don't want to friend these prospects or, or even maybe clients uh, because I want to keep my, my personal life separate. But you can still really keep a lot of your personal life separate and yeah. still participate on social media. But maybe, as Ryan has said on many episodes in the past, maybe the best part of social media isn't really the content you're creating or putting out there, although that certainly can be, can be very helpful. But it's really the deepening of the relationships yeah. of the people that you find follow and, and participating. So, you know, the, the person you were coaching says, well, I don't really want to friend that person that's outside of my comfort zone, but the, the opportunity is, but you'll now get to see all the cool stuff they're doing in their life, comment on it. And that gives you, um, more, uh, you know, a more intimate relationship over time. You're participating in their life, uh, whether they participate in your own, uh, posts and everything is up to them, but right. you're showing them that, that you have, uh, taken the initiative to, to want to be a part of their, uh, of their social media life. And, and that typically uh, and ultimately ends up in, in a deepened relationship. Yeah. Well, and I'm from Michigan originally. So, you know, I went to Michigan State and moved here after college. And uh, what a blessing to have this. Uh, it ties in with my business because we're licensed in Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan. Florida, and Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to connect with people who would have no idea what I'm doing in life um, and, and write loans for my friends from high school or, um, you know, their referrals that are moving to Chicago, lot you know, homes down a lot of second homes in Florida, a lot of second homes in Lake Geneva, that luxury market's booming. We have a lot of products right now that are, um, jumbo loans that are beyond creative and exciting, um, for some of those, you know, higher price points that we specialize in. So it's just been a real blessing to be able to, um, let my community and my network know via social media, all those opportunities that we do have available. It's exciting. It's fun. I would love to ask both of you uh, just as, as a way to sort of wrap this up with some daily disciplines that would benefit whether, you know, someone's a loan officer, an agent, 
uh, an attorney, um, just some, and we've talked about some of them already, but any general, I uh, suggest, or rather specific instructions about what you could do on a daily basis. Like Ryan said, just getting that foot, one foot on the ground saying, here are the, you know, yeah, the, I was the gonna five- say, this is his wheelhouse. You've got his number right now. But you know, it's, and it's great that, you know, Aaron here, Aaron is one of the most selfless people I know. She's also a mother and mothers never put themselves first. And in a lot of the coaching that I do is like, at some point you must put yourself first. You know, uh, we, we just came from Cabo and as we were taking off on, when did we come home? But whatever. Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was watching the flight attendant saying, Hey, when the mask falls, put it on yourself before you put it on your child. And <clears throat> when it comes to our business, um, you know, if we don't put our business and ourselves at some point in the day first, uh, we're never going to be able to help our families or the ones we love, right? That we want to contribute to. So a really great daily practice, DJ, into your question is, is when is your hour? Okay. And one of the biggest reasons most real estate agents and loan officers struggle is because of the business that they get. And what happens is they either plateau, right? Or burn out. One or the other, they plateau or fade out. And you don't want that to happen. Um, and, and so what, in order to this, I thought I put this on silence. Sorry guys. <laughs> in order for that not to happen. Okay. Um, you need a one hour day where the distractions of the business that you have is set aside and your business development activities, one hour, one hour reaching out. And let's talk about what a business development activity is is sending a text message, Facebook message, a handwritten note to your friends. How are you adding significance in your life? <laughs> Do it for one hour a day and watch your business snowball and watch after three, four, five, ten 10 years, it actually gets easier to grow your business, especially if you still have that one hour of routine five days a week. I would say that's one of the biggest benefits of Ryan's coaching is, um, one, he's always reminding us that it's, you know, just taking a couple, you don't have to, you know, I always use your eat an elephant right, one analogy, one bite at a time. What's that guy's name? Um, yeah. Brian then, Tracy. Well, he, Brian Tracy did eat that frog, but, oh, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I say punch it in the face, but okay. <laughs> you got something tough to do, just punch it in the face. But anyway, um, we've got that benefit of, of him, you know, being the voice in the back of our heads that's constantly pushing us in the right direction. And I, I said to him this morning, it's really great being somewhere where the true north is always very evident. And what I mean by that is I know, um, I don't feel like when I'm doing my live flow, I, it, it is, um, it's authentic. it is, it is a, a, a task, right? To sit down and do discipline, but it's so rewarding because that's really the true north of who we are as professionals and salespeopals and business leaders and you know, we're in service, a service industry, in my opinion, and just really being able to sit down and think about those around me rather than thinking about myself for an hour and thinking about who can I reach out to? Who can I make feel good? Who can I have be seen today? Who needs to be heard? Who have I not talked to? It's, it feels, uh, even though it might sound selfish, it's, it feels very selfless because I'm uh, doing something that I really feel truly, uh, is my true north. You're adding significance. Yeah. You give them attention, they give we're, them the love. We're really lucky to, to take an hour a day to sit back and 
be grateful for our friends. And I just, I just implore everybody who's listening. I beg you, oh my gosh, just do that. One hour a day. I'm telling you, there's more than enough time. But it's rewarding in other ways. It's rewarding in your business. Yes, it's a byproduct, but it's yeah. so rewarding intrinsically. Yeah. If, if all, all of our listeners did for the next 30 days is you just spend an hour each day and find it, or if you don't have an hour, you have 30 minutes. So you don't have 30 minutes, you have yeah. 15 minutes, but find as much time as you can block those out. Don't allow anything to, to interrupt that time, however much time you can afford and use that time to deepen relationships. It's a, and as Ryan and Aaron said, it doesn't have to be a, Hey, are you going to buy a home next week or, or this year? Uh, nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants those calls or, or, or messages, but you could, for example, uh, stay in touch, ask people how their families are doing, comment on their social media posts, send them text messages, let them know you're thinking about them, checking in with them, see if anything's changed in their life where they might need a realtor. Um, if you just do that on a regular basis, if you do that for an hour for 30 days, I would be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked to, you know, your entire network, even if you only know 50 people, which would be like one person a day. But if you can do it to however many people are in your sphere of influence, I would be shocked if you don't get at least a couple of either transactions or the starts of transactions or referrals. I would be just completely shocked if that didn't happen. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be happy. You'll feel good. Well, that's the, that, that's yeah. the thing. That's the other byproduct. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And to follow up your point and we'll end there, DJ is, um, I have never seen anybody do that and not be successful. Never, never. I've seen people talk about it, want to do it, not do it, come into business, join four or five different companies and exit the business, but I've never seen anybody put into practice and not have success. Never. Yeah. I know Brian Buffini, who a lot of our listeners know, he, he has kits where he sends out these monthly mailers and they're not really personalized. They're sort of a mass produced thing, but it's hey, it's better than nothing. And all he tells you to do is stuff an envelope, shoot it in the mail. And you'd almost think, well, that's not very personalized and it isn't but yet it, it does work. So if yeah. you can go that extra step beyond that and actually connect with somebody's, you know, uh, with just their life, here's, you know, and with social media, as Aaron said, we're so blessed to have the opportunity to peek in, in an ethical way to somebody's life and participate and say, wow, that looked really cool that you were just on vacation in Cabo. Um, tell me about that. You know, was it fun? Uh, you know, I, we all love to, to make, um, connections. That's, that's how we're wired. And, yeah. and so, yeah, so for everyone listening, do that for the next yeah. 30 days, let me know if you don't get any additional uh, leads or business, but you won't let me know that because you will. Yeah. And honestly, if you think about it, if you think it's hard to send a friend request or a Facebook messenger, imagine 20 years ago when we didn't have to do, when we didn't have that, we'd have to pick up the phone and actually, you know, call someone and, and talk. Um, I think my husband is the only person who still calls all of his friends on his way to work every day. They're always like, He's like the only person I know who calls me just to talk, but that's just who he is. And he, you know, it's building relationships, but I I, a, you know, nobody, nobody I, think, time. I think that's a really a perfect place to wrap up. And, and Aaron, we should also um, say, you know, if anyone out there is looking for a loan officer to work with and, you know, is hasn't, you know, is maybe they're doing like Ryan said, where they're seeing the properties first, they're, they're searching Zillow and yeah. they're seeing all these great opportunities, but they don't really know what they can afford. Or maybe they've, and I know when, when I bought a home uh, not that long ago, I couldn't believe how I, I reached out to three different loan officers, um, which I only knew one personally. And I went just yeah. to like websites for the other two. And I was shocked 
uh, that that only one of the three loan officers really followed up with me beyond yeah. like one initial phone call or email. And then they just, I just dropped off, you know, whatever system they're using to stay in touch. And the person I ended up using happened to be the one that stayed in touch with me. So, yeah. um, which I'm sure is no surprise, Aaron, to you or to any of our listeners. Um, but it's really important to partner with with a loan officer who actually can take great care of you. So if there's anyone out there, whether they're an agent wanting to partner with you or, or a buyer uh, specifically who's looking to, to speak with you, what's the best way they should reach out? Um, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, it's Aaron Stoyakovich. It's definitely a mouthful. Um, and my cell phone is uh, 773-220-9094. I'm, I'm you know, always available via text and yeah. set up a meeting. Are you on Instagram Mortgage Mom? I am. I'm Aaron, Aaron Stoge Mortgage Mom. Yeah. You'll find her. Google her. Yeah. And uh, to all the real estate agents out there. A lot uh, of Tuesday tips videos. She's a great partner to have. So if you're if you're looking for somebody, looking for a friend in the industry, looking for an accountability partner, yeah. she's a great way to go. I appreciate that. I'm and, they, and they always say, if, if you want something done right, give it to a busy mom, right? So uh, oh, I say that all the time. I think I'm going to get that made into a t-shirt. <laughs> Busy moms never drop the ball. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. They get uh, I drop done, the ball okay. all day long, but but yeah, busy moms get I, it done. I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, we want to thank Ryan and Aaron for coming on the show uh, again today uh, as they do, or as Ryan does every month. And he brings on uh, some members of his team, which is was always uh, welcomed and, and fun. For everyone who is listening and watching, uh, please uh, tell a friend about our show. Just think of one other real estate agent or a loan officer or an attorney that might benefit from hearing from top producers like Aaron and coaching sessions with Ryan and send them a link to our podcast. The best way to do it, shoot them right over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done is streamable right there or have them pull up a podcast app. Look, search for Keeping It Real Podcast and hit the subscribe button. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being on the show and we will see you next time. Thanks, thank CJ. you. It's a pleasure.